Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and it is Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. It's 8 o'clock on the East Coast of the United States and 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday in Melbourne. And I'm thrilled to be talking with you, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, we got a bit of a rough start here this evening. I'm uh, getting ready for the show, having you know dinner, had a couple of leftover hamburgers, and was sitting down and having myself a couple of granola bars here before I got going and thought, you know what? Uh, Got some loose granola in my teeth, so I went ahead and popped in a piece of gum, thought, yeah, it'll go ahead and collect up all the little pieces of granola before I get started. Well, instead of getting the granola out of my teeth, I managed to get part of my tooth out of the granola as I snapped off the back half of one of my teeth here about 20 minutes before we got started tonight. So if you hear me howl out in pain, that's simply going to be because of my tooth and not because... Uh, of the fact that, uh, well, they don't know how to measure 15 meters in Sydney. <laughs> Going to let that go, though, uh, because uh, we uh, we are past that. We've already made the uh, we've already reached the uh, the point in time where we're getting ready to move on to round eight. So I'm not going to bring that up again. But as you you know, you might hear you know carpenters say you know measure twice, cut once. Well, after having seen what happened there, I don't think there were a whole lot of uh, footy umpires that uh, moonlight as carpenters because I don't think they would measure very well. They would be going through a lot of lumber. And I promise that's the end of it there. Hey, folks, again, uh, glad to have you here. And I uh, invite you to check out the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page if you want to help out the podcast or the Redbubble page. I have a couple of uh, designs up on the Redbubble page. A couple more that are in the works are going to be out very shortly. I'm really looking forward to getting those out to you. But if you want to help out the podcast, that'd be fantastic. To those of you who have already, I truly appreciate that. I cannot thank you enough for your help and support. That means a lot. And uh, remember, you can find both of those things, as well as everything else related to the podcast, at yankonthefooty.com. You can also sign up for my mailing list there as well. Remember, you can also leave a review for the podcast there at the website if you want to tell me how I'm doing. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can also do that on Podchaser as well. That's podchaser.com. Another avenue for you to review the podcast there. Remember, you can also reach me on Twitter at yank underscore on. Instagram and Facebook at yank on the footy. Or at yank on the footy at gmail.com if you want to shoot an email off to me. And several of you have. I've heard from a lot of people. Very uh, interesting week in footy this past week. We saw we began to see a little bit of a shift in the uh, in the ladder and started to see some of the clubs that uh, we've been expecting to be there begin to make their move. And you know, I have to say, I, I mentioned uh, last week uh, going into the the tips, and, and by the way, I don't know if your tips are anything like mine, but uh, if they were, yours stunk also, because I think I got maybe two correct. I got Gold Coast right again, and I think that was about it. So I don't think there were too many others that uh, that I got correct. So um, I'm not exactly sure what went on there, but uh, hello there, Harper. How are you doing this morning, sir? Uh, Harper Pessinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast just jumped on there. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, Chris Hickey has just hopped on as well. 
big cat supporter, uh, cousin of Red Chicky, the legendary cats player. And uh, yeah, my tips this week were lousy. And as you may know, you know, I think I said last week that the uh, if somebody was going to beat Richmond, they were going to have to turn into a vampire hunter and basically drive a stake through their heart. And last week was a great opportunity to do that. Dusty was off visiting his father in New Zealand. Sounds like they let him back into. Uh, sounds like they let him back into Australia. From what it what it be what I've been able to gather. So it sounds like he's going to be playing this week. Uh, they're going to be down a couple of other players this week, which we'll get to here in a little while. But the Bulldogs had an opportunity to, to be that team to possibly put the, the Tigers in a position where they maybe not have been able to recover from. They could have possibly been uh, three and five. But the Tigers did their job. One by 20 points, and they are uh, back up on the ladder in the sixth position and heading northward again as well. As I said, you know, until somebody beats them, I mean, eliminates them from finals, that sort of thing, or keeps them out of finals, you can't put anything past them because they're a well-oiled machine. Even when there are parts that are missing, even when they have arguably – one of the best players to play the game in the last several years in Dusty Martin in another country during the course of a game. They've got somebody like Shea Bolton that comes in and basically uh, puts on like a number four undershirt underneath his Guernsey and goes out and has a Dusty Martin type game and just is, is it's phenomenal. So, you know, the Bulldogs are not out of this by any stretch of the imagination and neither are the Tigers. Okay. Neither of the Tigers. And of course, the D's, they just keep rolling along. I think they would readily admit, however, that they uh, they had all they could handle this past week with the uh, with the Kangaroos. And, you know, the Kangaroos, in many ways, they're, they're a lot like what we saw last year with Adelaide. You know, Adelaide was struggling to win games. And, of course, the Roos are as well. But they're playing hard. They've got a lot of injuries, though. If you go back and you look at their injury list, they have got a lot of players who are out uh, for extended periods of time. So, I, you know, I don't know when any of them are going to be back. I know Luke McDonald, I think he has another eight or nine weeks that he's going to be out with his pec injury. But there are a number of veteran players that have uh, have gone on the shelf for a while. And, uh, you know, I wonder uh, how that's going to get uh, get turned around with them. They're playing, like I said, they're blood and a lot of young kids this year. I think that's going to bode well for them going into the future. And stick around for my tips this week because you might be shocked by one of them, okay? I just kind of gave you a little bit of a hint right there with who I've been talking about there. Uh, before I get too far into the episode, though, I did want to uh, I did want to give a quick shout-out to the, uh, the local footy club of this episode, and that's the North Cans Tigers. And they were founded back in 1955, and they're part of the uh, – North Cairns Australian Football and Sporting Club. They play at Watson's Oval in Manunda in Queensland. So you can find them at northcairnstigers.com.au. Tigers, I wish you an absolutely fantastic year. Best of luck. Did take a look around your website. Saw some great photos. A lot of young people looking like they're having one heck of a great time playing footy. Those of you who are volunteering and coaching and that sort of thing, thanks for devoting your time to that 
to that to allow these young people to play the game and and grow this game into another generation. So the North Kansas Tigers, best of luck in 2021. Okay. Now, I had a couple things I wanted to uh, – oh, I should mention. Uh, last week they did play against the Port Douglas Crocs, but I was not able to find results for those matchups there. So we'll see what happens uh, going on there, and we'll, we'll definitely go ahead and uh, pass those results along when we get them. Now, yeah, I looked at a few games from this week, and I'm not going to dig into every single one of them, but there were some significant results that took place. Again, you know, the, the Richmond um, Bulldogs game was, was I think, the, the marquee matchup of the weekend. And, uh, you know, Basher Hooley had a, a monster game. You know, you had, you had a lot of people who stepped in to fill Dusty's void, if you will. Okay. And he had 31 disposals. He had 10 marks, and he had a goal. Basher Hooley is not somebody who kicks a lot of goals, you know, but it's, uh, it was, it was just, it was great to see him step into that role. Uh, and, you know, Shy Bolton had a, a great game as well with three goals, one. And, you know, I, and I've watched some of their games where there've been a couple of, uh, um, clangers, I think is the term that they use, uh, where he's made a couple of unforced errors. If you want to use a tennis euphemism there. But he's grown up to be a pretty nice young player, and I and I think that uh, while the uh, the Tigers are one of the older clubs along with the Cats, I'm, there are some good young players with those clubs. You know, Caleb Daniel had a a Caleb Daniel kind of day with thirty four disposals, uh, but the Bulldogs they were just they were just outclassed that game, and I and through no fault of what they did, the Tigers played a great game. The Tigers had their backs against the wall. And while it was it was a game that was a sure would be nice if we won kind of game, it wasn't necessarily a must win for the Tigers. You know, they were missing Tame English. They lost Josh Dunkley, who's going to be out for a considerable amount of time. Um, you know, the, the North and Melbourne game, you know, like I said, I, I think this was a game that, that turned out to be a much better game than some people had thought. And, and I think if you ask any Deeds supporter, while they're thrilled to be 7-0, they're kind of wiping the sweat off of their brow after this game because yeah, it was a 30 point, 30 point game, but North gave them everything they had. You know, Ben Cunning, Cunnington had a, a great game, you know, 35 disposals. He had six tackles, a couple of goals as well. You know, Bailey Fritch had six goals. You know, Stephen May had 25 disposals, 14 marks. He, and this is a, you know, this is a guy who's coming back from having, you know, an eye socket broken just a couple of weeks ago. Ben Brown, his first game back this year, I waved again as he ran by my house, you know, as he, uh, as he, you know, took the, uh, his first set shot during the course of the game, it was a behind, he missed it. I waved, but the other two were from different angles. So he didn't have to go by my house those times, but, um, I think he ran by, uh, Tony's house in Minnesota for those, however, because he does take a little bit of a jaunt, but he kicked two goals, one in his return. And, it, and that had to be strange for him. And I, I would imagine for any player who spent their career and he spent the better part of a decade with the kangaroos here, the first game he's going to be playing with his new club is against his old club. And it's, you know, two months into the season. So that had to be a little bit odd for him. And, but I think also it had to be just a bit of a pressure relief to get that off of his chest after it finally happened. After Even after that, that first kick was a behind, just getting that done had to just make him feel better. Okay. Um, you know, you look at the Carlton Essendon game, and you know Carlton Carlton won that one. 
Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, I think Harper went to that game as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a 16 point win for, for Carlton. And, and, and this just reaffirms what a lot of people think about Carlton is it when they play well, they can compete with anybody, but it's just, you know, cause they've got a ton of talent. It's just, are they going to do that? Are they going to com- be competitive against other clubs? And I, uh, I asked, uh, the young men that I interviewed for my last episode, uh, Steez and the Don, if you know, if you haven't listened to their, that interview yet, uh, these are a couple of young men from the state of Georgia, which is where, uh, um, another recent footy convert, um, Jim White resides. And, uh, when I was married to my first wife that ha- I, we happened to live in Georgia and it turned out that, that these two gentlemen I interviewed happened to be in the same town that my ex and I lived in at the time. So that, that was a little, little strange. So I, before we started recording, I was tossing out street names and that sort of thing and where things were located to let them know that, you know, I, I kind of had some credibility as far as that community. Cause I had lived there for a little over three years, beautiful city, glad I'm not there anymore. And I don't plan on going back, but you know, you know, Kale Hooker had five goals for Essendon. You know, Harry Mackay is, is I believe uh number two in the Coleman race right now. He had another four goals. I think he's behind Tex. Um, Sam Walsh, I think you could, you could possibly argue Sam Walsh is getting close to, or has already surpassed Patrick Cripps is maybe the best player on the, on the blues club. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more impressed by him every time I see him play. And then, you know, I, somebody kind of gave me some grief, uh, after I kind of called out Tim Kelly on his return to, uh, to Geelong where he didn't have much of a game. Then the next week out, he has 42 disposals and nine tackles along with that. And somebody said, well, maybe he listened to your podcast. I, I no, he didn't, he didn't listen to my podcast, but it was just, it was just kind of a, a, uh, it was a good breakout game for him. And again, you know, the, the Eagles are, you know, still a quality club. I, I fully accept, expect them to be playing finals. Okay, that that game against Geelong was to me it was an aberration. They just ran into a they just ran into a buzzsaw and just kept right on running, and tried to run all the way through it, and it just it didn't get any better for them. But they've got a lot of people out as well. Um, you know, uh, McGovern I believe was still out. Liam Ryan's not back yet. Uh, you know, Josh Kennedy, I believe, had a bit of a gimpy ankle after the game with with Geelong. I don't even remember. I didn't even remember if he played this past weekend or not. But you know, I still expect them to be there. I think that's too good of a side to uh, to not be playing finals. Okay, I really do. I really think that. And uh, you know, then you look at the uh, the Sydney and Geelong game. And again, I'm not going to get into the. I'm not going to get into the. Oh, woe is me because I'm a Cats fan and the team lost, that kind of thing. I kind of alluded to that and kind of poked fun at that sort of thing at the beginning. But I'm going to look at it from the technical standpoint here in just a little bit. And the couple of you who are here will get you guys uh, on and see what you think about this as well. But, you know, Hayden McLean had a huge game. I think he's only played a few games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me look at my list here. Didn't we get to Sydney here? West Coast, Richmond. Yeah, he's at the start of the season. He'd only played twelve games, so he's he's under twenty games in his career. Um, 
had four goals. You know, Jeremy Cameron had three goals again. You know, he's starting to fin it a little bit there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, he had three in the first quarter. Yeah. But after that, he didn't have much. Well, not a whole lot happened after that then, because it was, uh, it was just an ugly situation. You know, I, where I've seen, uh, people talking about the cats game this past week and uh, they had what 16 behinds during the course of the game. Um, yeah, of course, city did take over as, uh, as Chris is posting on the message board here and I, Harper, Chris, I'll get you guys on here in just a second. If you want to hop on tonight. Um, I did have a little, uh, blurb. I wanted to pay from to play from Tony Davis that sent me a voicemail today. And I'll, I'll go back to that uh, real quick here in just a moment about the Melbourne games. He wanted to, he wanted to touch on that. But the fact that they kicked 16 behinds again, one, yes, you're getting a lot of shots on goal, but you're not converting them. And uh, I've been putting on on uh, several posts on Twitter. There was a movie that came. It was a book that was written back in the 60s. But then there was a, uh, a movie that came out, I believe, 1971, 1972. And it had Robert De Niro and Jerry Orbach. And I can't remember a couple of the other actors' names who were in it. But it was a movie about a uh, it was supposed to be like a mafia movie about this this dysfunctional mafia group called the Gang Who Couldn't Shoot Straight. And to me, that's what the Cats have been like quite quite often this year because you know they've they played a phenomenal game against against the Eagles. I mean, they put a ton of points on the board. They beat a very good team very soundly. But other than that, and again, I'm a Cat supporter. I've not been that impressed with them this year. Now, I still think a lot of this has to do with the fact that that they have not put the band back together. You know, Patty Dangerfield played round one and then was gone for three rounds. He came back for a game and he was out. Jeremy Cameron missed the first five rounds of the season. Sean Higgins is out. Brian Myers has a stress fracture in one of his legs. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Mark O'Connor is out. Uh... You know, I'm not making the injury excuses here, but you know, this this is a club that when they've got everybody out there, they're a pretty darn good squad. And for what they paid for Jeremy Cameron, they damn well better be a pretty good squad. Uh but they uh they have struggled this year. And you know, I'm I'm wondering if they are actually going to be a top four club this year. I mean, I, I look at the standings here and let me pop over my other tab on here. You know, they're they're only a game behind, you know, Sydney and Port Adelaide in the uh in the one loss, you know, and they're they've got you know they're six plus six percentage points ahead of uh Sydney. But are they gonna be able to keep that up? Because they still have a they've still got to play Richmond twice. They've got to play uh I think they play um Brisbane twice. Yeah, they know they play Brisbane one more time this year. So that, you know, they've got, they've got a tough, they've got a tough road to hoe here. I mean, I know they get, they get North Melbourne again towards the end of the season. Oh, they also play Melbourne again for a second time. So they play Melbourne twice this year. They play, they play a North Melbourne team who by the time they get around to playing them again, are probably going to be brimming with all kinds of confidence because those, those young players have gotten themselves up and running and they, they're, they're like, Hey, you know what? We are AFL players. 
We belong here. Yeah, we've not gotten a lot of wins, but we're getting respect from some of these are some of these people we're playing against here. Yeah, we're not doing anything that that's that's making us be ashamed of ourselves. We're going out here and competing. And you know, I just I really wonder what what is gonna you know what's gonna happen to the cats you know you know what's gonna happen this year or with the the, the uh, ruse I should say this year. You know, I, I I'm not real thrilled about having to play them a second time. I'm really not. Yes, and and I I know they're the the team that right now is winning the wooden spoon, but they're they're going to be tough this year. I think before it's all said and done, I think to me this year has been, it's almost as though you've still got positions one through eighteen on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Think about if you go if you go into Macca's for those of you in the U.S. That's McDonald's, okay, and you have ordered yourself a Big Mac, and you've got the, let me see if I can remember the song. Because I don't eat Big Macs because I don't like the sauce that's on it. To all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. It was a song back in the 70s for their commercial. So you've got that there. It's a nice tall stack. Think about that as kind of being like the ladder. This year, in terms of the way teams are playing, it's as though somebody stepped on your Big Mac. Pushed it all together. Because you know, you've got a lot of clubs who were in the, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 spot who could very easily, even down to 14 with St. Kilda, who could very easily find themselves in the top eight. Yeah, I, I think we could safely say that, you know, Frio, Gold Coast, GWS, Carlton, even Adelaide and St. Kilda who were, who were down there, you know, their percentage is a little bit lower. Any one of those clubs could find themselves in the top eight this year. Okay. Any one of them could, you know, Heck, even the way Essendon is is has played, I mean, they've scored a lot of points. They haven't put the wins on the board yet, but they've scored a lot of points. Essendon, I think, could, you know, could even make a push. I don't think with with five losses right now, it's going to be difficult for Essendon to make finals. And again, you know, I think I had them. Uh, what was it, uh, Harper? I had them seventeenth on my prediction this year. I believe it was. Uh, he's not going to respond to me on that one. I don't think. But you know, I I really wonder how this is going to shake out because it's, it's almost, it's one of those things like the NFL tries to do where they try to have parody. Okay. Where they try to have, uh, yeah, Chris just posted there. No easy games. You're having to, you're having to work for your four points. Okay. And as a, as a fan, as a viewer of games, that's a good thing. I get, first of all, I think it's a great thing, you know, and, and as I've said time and time again on, on my podcast, I said, yes, I'm a cat supporter. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. I want my club to win. But beyond that, every week, I want to watch eight good games. I want to watch eight quality footy games. You know, the 147 to, to 38 is not a good game. Yeah, it's great in that the team that scored 147. It's great to see that guy kick eight goals or 10 goals. Uh, like the... the Josh Bruce did with what with the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, but I mean that was a that was a, de- a demolition, okay? That was a demolition in that game. So you know, I I, I wanted to get into a couple things in the news, but like I said, I, I'm I'm pleased with the way the season's going. You know, I'm disappointed with the way the Cats are playing, but as a whole, I'm pretty pleased with the way the season is going after the way last season went with all of the changes. And as we know, uh, if you hadn't heard uh, 
the the Dockers have headed out of uh, Perth and they're going to be uh, hanging out in the Gold Coast for the next couple of weeks and training up there. I think they're playing Brisbane this week. They flip flop the games. They're going to Brisbane this week, and the next week they play down in Melbourne. Uh, but they're going to they're going to train in Gold Coast that week before they head down there. And then I think after that they're hoping that they're going to be able to open up the the uh, the city in Perth and allow people to travel and traverse and that sort of thing. And I've heard some rumblings. And again, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a cricket fan right now, but I heard that they suspended the, uh, the IPL season in India and that, that flights have been shut down from India and that type of thing. And I, you know, I'm not on a uh, trading message type basis with uh, one of my recent guests, Nerly Meadows. Um, but I know she's in India having been uh, doing coverage for the IPL. And I hope I hope she's OK. I hope she's able to get herself hunkered down, whether it be in India or be able to find her way safely back to Australia, uh, get back to visit her folks back in uh, in West Australia. Um, but, you know, I had a couple things I wanted to get into. And uh, before I do that, let me uh, I'm going to go ahead and. uh pop Chris on here real quick and uh, send him an invite. And uh, Chris, I'm going to get you uh, on here. So you want to hop on tonight, sir? I just sent one to you. So you can go ahead and uh, you can hop on there. <clears throat> so while that's, uh, while that's happening, you know, I did want to, um, I told you I had a little note from uh, Tony Davis, uh, who's a, uh, who's the son of Frank Davis who played with the, uh, with the D's and he's uh, he lives here in the States in Minnesota and is a uh, big D supporter. I uh, did want to go ahead and uh, share his message from this week. G'day Craig, Tony Davis calling you from the, the North here, North of the USA up in Minnesota. Hope you're well. Just wanted to check in again. Uh, just uh, might make this a weekly tradition. Uh, if Melbourne keeps winning, it's been an um, amazing start to the year. 7-0, and no one would have thought it. I certainly didn't. Uh, Me either. Tough game this weekend. Didn't play very well, especially for the first half. North Melbourne really took it up to them, uh, but they sort of uh, overran them in the, in the second half. Um, Melbourne did. Uh, Cozzy Pickett, uh, Luke Jackson, the two, uh, and Trent Rivers really played well too. The three recruits from last year, three, uh, from the draft last year, uh, was sensational. Um, Fritch with six, uh, was, was fantastic. Looks like he's going to appeal the one week suspension. Uh, I would agree that he should get off, uh, based on the exact same action that, uh, your good buddy, Patty Dangerfield did, uh, in the grand final last year. Um, I would expect Fritch to get off. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, Ben Brown was in and your favorite, uh, run up for goal. Uh, he, I think he ran past you in Ohio, past me in Minnesota and, uh, kicked a couple so it's good to see him out in the park and um yep uh you know seven and oh um can't ask for much more at this point uh got sydney this week at the g uh, that'll be a tough one uh, melbourne's gonna drop one here soon um didn't play great last week they probably would have lost to most of the teams in the league last week but uh happened to be playing north so anyway just want to check in hope you're well um looking forward to seeing how melbourne plays out in the next few weeks uh go d's Oop, it's going to play my my starter audio there on its own. So I had to stop that there. Uh, did want to 
mentioned uh, somebody I trade a lot of emails with. Everett is on the uh, podcast here. And Everett, I went ahead and sent you the link there. Chris, are you able to to get on there then? Or uh you trying to figure things out there? Should I go to Harper first? Let me go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and send a uh, quick, link, quick link off to Harper there and get uh, let's get Harper on here real quick while Chris is getting his phone situation figured out there. So Harper, you want to hop on there, sir? I'll go ahead and get you uh, on there, sir, and you can go ahead and uh, come on here in just a sec. Do 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 do. So yeah, a couple of things I wanted to get into in this uh, this episode. Um, you know, the idea of uh, that was that was actually proposed from the uh, the end of the the Sydney Geelong game. The uh, the idea of uh, captains challenges. And um, Lee Montagna brought this up, and I, I, I'm assuming he brought it up on, on Fox Footy. I did not see it. I read about it in an article, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, but, uh, you know, it was – it's an interesting proposition. You know, and his argument was that, you know, most of the major competitions around the world have some sort of a – uh component in place to allow the coach or the manager or that that type of person to challenge a play on the field on the grounds on the court that sort of thing to then have the people who are officiating the game go and take a look at it and it's a uh it's an interesting proposition okay i mean it really is and i uh i wonder though how this would work in footy. I really do because it's a, uh, you know, if you think about the NFL, okay. Um, you know, when they challenge a play, um, when they challenge a play, yeah, Chris, if you're, if you're ready to go, then go ahead and, and pop on that link and go ahead and we'll get you on here then. And I'll, I'll kind of finish up my thought here as you're coming on. Um, there we go. Um, you know, when you have, when you have a, uh, a play in the NFL that gets challenged, you know, Hey, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Um, you know, did the catch get made? How you doing, Chris? Looks like he's coming on here, but, uh, good, good deal. Glad that you're on there, sir. Uh, but like I was saying in the NFL, for example, if a, if a, a play gets made, and, you know, they're determining whether or not a catch was inbounds or something of that nature or whether or not the ball carrier reached a certain point on the field to get a first down. They can go back and look at those things and measure. You know, they can they can determine where the ball is or was that catch made, that type of thing. And then they can adjudicate it. But they get to adjudicate it by taking the ball, setting it down on a specific spot on the field and saying – it was an incomplete pass or the catch was made. It's second down. And the 11 players on offense go to their huddle. The 11 players on defense go to their huddle and they run the next play. Baseball can do the sort of same sort of thing with a fair ball or a foul ball. I don't know how this works in footy. Well, the idea is, is good to have some way to say, you know, something as egregious as the, the 
the mark that was taken by Jeremy Cameron at the end of the game, or you know, even going back to the Brisbane game with the Cats, you know, the the improper disposal with uh, Mark Blitzkavs at the end of the game, which you know would gave the Cats the win when Brisbane should have had a you know, should have had a, ki- a free kick from right in front of the goal at the end of the game. Once you make that decision, there's 36 people on the ground in this fluid game. They're not lining up on one side of a line against their opponent. They're all over the field. They're all over the ground. How do you get those people back where they're supposed to be and start the game back up again? I mean, it's, you know, it may result possibly in a free kick or it may result in a ball up. I guess that sort of thing would work. But if it's something where you're just continuing play, how does that work when you've got, you've got so much fluidity to the game? So I don't know how this whole, this whole thing of a, uh, of having this, this uh, coaches or captain's challenge would even work. So I, I wonder how that sort of thing is going to happen. So what are your thoughts on this, Chris? Or- oh, this, this list looks that, Mike. Um, yeah, that's interesting what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'll just sit back and listen to you at the moment uh, with, with what you're saying there because um, it's a little <laughs> bit over my head at the moment. But um, – but I'm not afraid to say that. That's all right. That's fine, mate. Um, I, I was just making sure we're on the right episode here because um, – but anyway, we're, we're, I wasn't sure whether I was on or not, like, with this. But, no, I'm just listening to what you're saying. So, now you go ahead. You, okay. And, and, and you're right. You go, you go straight ahead. Okay. You're right. Well, well, yeah, I was just – I was really just uh, – and actually, I'm glad you're on because I'm going to ask you about the next thing because this is somebody that – I have I have a lot of confidence that you know much more about than I do. So uh, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll, ask I'll you about no I I have I'll, a feeling you do know because I'm gonna ask yeah. you about I'm gonna ask you about Frank Costa. Yeah okay okay no worries no problem. Which I have a feeling you know I know that you know a lot more about Frank Costa than I do. Other than other than I know that yeah. if I needed a banana, he was the guy to go see. <laughs> I think a bit of money too, just quietly. Though. Well, why? Well, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I'd be happy with the banana. And, and I, can, but, I, can, I can, I can share a little bit more that I know you love your politics. He had very strong connections with the Labor Party. I can tell you straight out. I can tell a long story, a short story about that. But we've only got a limited time, so I'll try no, to go, go ahead. Just, I, 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 I want to know more about him. I did. I read an article about him today. And it's, it made me decide I wanted to try to do a deep dive into learning about him because it talked about how he, yeah. Yeah. and I hopefully I'm not stealing your thunder here, about how he stood up against uh, some organized crime group in Melbourne oh, okay. back in, okay. back in the I, 90s. Now you tell me. You tell well, no, me I, don't, I, I, yeah. I don't know much about it other than what I just saw happen to see in this in this article. So that's what I'm I'm interested in uh, in, see, in learning more about that. Well, that's that's that one I could learn off you, as, as this is good. What I know about Frank in a short story, so I don't want to get take too much of your time, but going back to when he set that era up from when they did a huge, you know, with the club itself, 206, a shake-up, um, there was a strike, might have been 207, whatever it was the year. Anyway, our year was 207, obviously. Anyway, just to try and shorten it down the story, there was there was a big strike on in in Melbourne and stuff, and you know the trains weren't going, the, all this stuff. It was a shutdown. Now it only took him one one telephone to the premier, and guess what? The strike was off. So look, if that doesn't say enough, wow, <laughs> you work it out. Wow. 
That's somebody that had a lot. That's somebody had a lot of pull. A lot of power, mate. But yeah, the thing about him too, and I want to, I want to not be disrespectful. He, he he did a lot of stuff with, as far as I understand, him with rule like uh, he made he got, he sold fruit and all that sort of stuff, and he was a well known, respected person in his own right. So as far as the football identity, um, I think he just came in there. He was a natural with people and stuff and a natural leader. And he set things and he got them done. And people love, they love that sort of stuff. And it's quite, it's a bit sad now. And he had a real husky yeah. voice. I could take yeah. him off, but I don't want to sound disrespectful. Um, yeah. I could take him off because, oh, but, but when I first listened to him, I'll say this, and you can take it however you want to say it, uh, it sounds, I thought he had a thousand cigarettes stuck down his throat, mate, but it probably had a bit <laughs> to do with what he put. What he passed away, so I, I have to be a bit careful how that comes across. But honestly, that he had a really, really husky sort of voice, and you'd never okay. miss it. You wouldn't okay. miss that voice, and um, yeah. So it's probably had a bit well, to do with what what he passed away with. So I, I want to make sure I, that's put in the right context because yeah. I saw a, I saw a very short interview that he had done, and I was trying to figure out how to uh, download the audio to use here. But the but the sound quality was yeah. not great because the microphone was not nearby. But he was taught he was they asked him about, you know, his marriage and he was married for 61 years and that sort of thing. And it, you know, how he and his wife I think it was how he and his wife had uh had, you know, met one another and that type of thing. And he and he he talked about something yeah. to the effect where, you know, you not, you know, you're not when you're trying to find the right person that you're not marrying, you know, you're not marrying for looks or that sort of thing necessarily, which, you know. He said, you, you, you're, you, okay. he said in his mind, he was kind of marrying somebody that would be, you know, that, that he felt he could raise his children with, that, that the two of them could raise their children together, which I thought was kind of a, a really cool way of putting it. And I, I'm hoping to find better audio of that because I, I would love to actually hear it more clearly. But it, it said to me, it said volumes about him and he, he just seemed like a really decent man. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and I think I think that's the way he's being perceived too. Like he said he said this is what we're gonna do, he said in five years, and we're gonna win. We're gonna win premierships. He said that. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people say that. It's another thing to deliver. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, when a person says those sort of things, they're almost like they're on a mission, you know what I mean? And so he also had a coach, Bomber Thompson, that was going to get the sack um, before that five years took, like, in, went into plan, it was only a player for us, Matthew Scala, which is on the, uh, you know, in the coach's box, overheard, did a phone call which went to a journalist called Sheen and then it became a story. And, 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 and evidently, uh, Scarlett said, if, if you if you sack Bomber, he said, I'm going to. And yeah. the rest is history. So Bomber, Bomber, or we may have never, ever seen that 43 years, which got, which was magnificent for us in 207. I just, I was here, mate, praying. I didn't stop from the start of the game praying to the end. That's how I shit myself that we'll get a, they'll get yeah. a beat us because, because I'd never seen, we'd never seen victory, um, Craig. And that, that when you look back at it, and it's this sort of special in itself because I'd never seen them play in a grand final and have success. So that's like, it's pretty scary stuff. And we had we had um, the opposition coach mouthing off, saying forty three reasons why we wouldn't win. So <laughs> they had a bit going mm. from I think to get stirred up. And that that was the Corns boys were playing then, Chad and the other one that's always yeah. in a bit of uh, 
you know, stirring cane, cane, yeah, cane stirring him yeah. up, cane stirs things up. And um, I've actually got his father on on a friend request. I sent it the other day and surprised. I got he, he always used to go toe-to-toe with Ted Whitten, as in state of origin football. Well, that's another story. Um, those mm-hmm. two went hammer and tong at each other, uh, as in the state clubs. There was a lot of rivalry. Well, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's funny – it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, him saying they were going to win a premiership in five years. And I just was, I'm looking on my other screen right here. And I'm thinking back to what I remember reading Brendan Gale saying about a decade ago, where he said that Richmond was going to be damned if they didn't do it. Yeah. You know what, you yeah. know what, when you say that, I tell you, hasn't got a lot of praise is the American, she's the American president of the uh-huh. Richmond football club, Peggy, I don't know her surname. Doesn't get a lot of praise. Goes under the radar. We know who Gail was, former player, and obviously they. She doesn't. She she steered that ship when there was a lot of stuff going on in that club. I, I was going to swear, but I won't swear. When there was a lot of stuff going on with Richmond, wanted to take overs, all this stuff. She steered the ship, and they had a few fights and all that sort of stuff. And even Hardwick, Hardwick went to help and said, "I need help in coaching this side. I'm trying to do it all by myself." It's quite interesting. But she goes under the radar, Craig, and she's an American. That's even more fascinating. So right. there'd be a live story there, right there, and and a woman too. Yeah. There's even more of a story. Yeah, and she's from. Uh, and they just seem to stay. I know, I know she's from West Virginia, which is just. Uh, it West Virginia actually borders the southeastern part of the state of Ohio, where I live. But it's yeah. a fascinating, you know, just yeah, her alone, you know. Yeah, definitely. And and they stay out. And when they have a bit of trouble there, Richmond, I don't want to get on their little, you know, wag and stuff like that, but get caught away here, just want to get caught away. But when they have trouble, and they've had a lot of trouble with their players, they, they, they stem the ship and sort of say, well, you know, one of their players, for example, stayed in the lockup over Christmas because he went over the West or something and they still had the quarantine going on. So he was in jail over Christmas Day and stuff. Yeah. Now, they had to decide whether they get rid of that player or what they do. So they gave him another chance and said, okay, they weighed it up. So they, 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 that's what they do. There's always controversy there. And Hardwick, the one thing about Hardwick is there's always – he can change a game plan just like that. He goes to what's going on. And I, th- I suppose it's a good testimony to anyone in any code that you can do, that have the ability to do that with the squad you've got. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, he just, and, and it's, you know, I, you know, I think he, I think he's a great coach because he's been, you know, yeah, I think so. he's been able, yeah, he's been able to take, you know, in instances where he's had some of his big players out, he's been able to plug people in, and they've been able to fill that role or fill those roles. And this is, you know, he's. He's won three out of the last four premierships. I mean, that right there you know, has got to – that, I think, has to cement Elvis. his position as being one of the yeah, best definitely. coaches in the last half century, doesn't it? Oh, he's up there already, and then they're going for three. He's in the books already, and he's going. they're going for three in a row. Last side was mm-hmm. Hawthorne going for four in a row, and, of course, it was Western Bulldogs that come over in that game, which it looked like they were going to do Western Bulldogs, but then – they turned. Seems to happen with size. If they go up with three in a row, things can happen. But anyway, it could be. You know, I don't want to say too much about another side that's looking very good at the moment. Um, where it could. I don't want to get too far down the track. So we just keep what we're talking about. So, um, but yeah, they're 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 an amazing. But, but what what is it about them? In a short note, I think is their aggression, how they play. They play that style, and no one can go with them. 
Or I'll tell you something just in a short note. When Chris Scott was asked about uh, what do you think of Richmond and stuff like that, his, his remark is, and it was on uh, 360 or so, uh, or, or he said it before, he said it before and he says, well, um, we know how they play. And I'd like, well, tell us how they play, Chris. We, we need to know how they play, mate. So, and then he says something like, they have their type of players. They recruit right, right. their type of players to play. But when you say that, Craig, well, mate, what what do we think? Do we say as supporters, oh, we don't have those type of players to play that sort of style? Or your mind goes, what's he thinking? Aren't we good enough to beat this side in the way they play? You know what I mean? That's how I think. How, how do you see that? Well, I, I I wonder if he actually tells – I wonder if he tells the club – is yeah. about whether or not uh, to tell them how they play. Because, I mean, we – and I and I, I think well, every time we show up and play Richmond, we get, in, we get intimidated by them. It's, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's exactly. a uh, – we, we, and, and we need to make a stand, you know. Yeah, and I, we, yeah, I'm not yeah, – uh, don't, don't, don't you think we need to make the stand against them and say, we're not frightened of you. Look, we'll try different things. If we go down, we go down. But we're going to try different things, and you know, if it doesn't work, well, no one's going to stop a try, mate. No one's going to stop a goer. Right. At least try. To, that's my opinion, anyway. Yeah I, yeah, I don't have the confidence, Craig. I don't have the confidence because I don't know what Chris Scott. He doesn't let you in. He's too frightened to say some things and thinks then he gives all the answers away. Well, I can't read him, mate. Over ten years he's been coach. I can't read him, so it's frustrating as a supporter to work out. When we play on Friday night, you ask yourself, what do you need to do to beat Richmond? But you're not getting nothing out of him, You know, if you understand what I'm trying to say. He well, sort I, of leaves part, you sort of... Part, part right? of me thinks no. on that. Part, part of me thinks, though, that I th- I kind of understand why he's, he's pl- holding his cards close to the vest, that he doesn't want to say, hey, we have figured this out, because then as soon as... You know, somebody as, as smart as, as Damo has been doing this as long as he has can make one little change to things and completely upset yeah. the you know the whole system that that the cats yeah. have yeah. Got, got set up to, to defend them or but, to try but, to exploit but them. I th- I th- I th- yeah, but I think we can play two quarters against them our style. But when they start, this is the other thing I think I've learned out of Richmond that they they are only at their best when they're confronted. They're two quarters down, and everyone thinks, even commentators, get sucked in and think they're on their knees. No, they're not. They're just about to fire up. They're about to show you what they can do. And I, and, and, I, and this has stayed over three years, as you said, what they've done in their success. But I think I think when they're when at half time, it's only half time, Craig. They can make things up in twenty minutes. The lead is nothing to them. I don't know what episode I've said this in, but I I know I have said this in a previous episode about Richmond. I said and I've said the Richmond Tigers were third Rocky film against Clubber Lang, the Mr. T character, where Clubber Lang during the first half of the fight is absolutely beating the hell out of him, and and he's over there in the corner, his his brothers is working his corner, and they're and they're saying. They're saying he's they're saying he's getting he's getting killed out there, and he says no no he's not getting killed he's getting mad, and he's letting the other guy tire himself out, and then he comes back in the last couple of rounds and just beats the tar out of the guy and knocks him out. 
So to me, that's a lot what Rich, yeah, that's that's a a lot like what Richmond that's does there. Richmond just takes all the punches, all the blows, and that sort of thing and says, okay, punch yourself out. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, once and you're like, tired, we're just gonna blow right? past you. We're just gonna blow you away. And like that makes like yeah. I, I'm not I should hate this side, but the way we used to beat Hawthorne those ten in a row, you had to hate them, but you hate them because of what happened to us in two oh eight. So really stuck in your guts over the off season. She had destroyed you and Hawthorne just this the word just got us really angry. And I think that's how you have to face Richmond. But no one seems to be able to well, let's let wait. Well Melbourne beat them, so but it's a long way to go, you know. Um, yeah. Sydney beat them, which yeah. played to their, you know, which, you know, but, but they are, I think they're special in what they've got and they're very close. Anyway, I, I sound like I'm a Richmond well, supporter. I keep talking like this, I, Craig, but I, I think, yeah. I think, Sid, I think Sydney, I think Sydney beat them because yeah, of the speed yeah, that Sydney had, because Sydney was yeah, faster yeah. than, than, than Richmond was. Sydney but was they, faster they than Geelong. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I, and I think in, in some cases, and this is going to sound sacrilegious, I think in some cases, when they're healthy, I think Sydney might actually play a little bit better without Buddy Franklin in the 22 because they're able to put all that yeah, speed out there and just run, 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 run instead of feed the ball to Buddy, let's get him to 1,000. Yeah, that's fair, Colin. That's fair, Colin. That's fair, you know. Colin. You know, so I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if that's sacrilegious to even mention that, but it's just, oh, no. that's kind no, of what, no, you know. No. I th- I think that I think that Rich that Richmond got outrun in that game, you know, because you know. Well, they did. You know, they kept Lynch, it off them. They kept them off them. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. Yeah. Kept it off them, and, and they were going to the wrong place. They're running the wrong spaces because they're used to people kicking down the line and just taking it off them. They didn't do that, and and this was was all lesson. Everyone was like, "Wow, have a look at this! What's this sort yeah. of game? What have you this yep. before?" Yeah, I, I saw the Sydney pop- game with Geelong. I thought the first quarter is a test to us. If we, you had the snake, you had the foot on the snake, whether or not you could punish it or not, we didn't do it. We let them off the hook. Right. And people, right. have, people have said about, we won all this, we won all the statistics. Joel even talked about after the game, and I'll tell you what, all, just, all respect to Joel, he, he talked as though they'd done a really good game. You don't have a good game if you lose. The other right. thing is, when right. the ball was there to win, they didn't win it out of the centre. Now, that went down to the last quarter, even though you could still bring the Jerry camera. But we shouldn't have been that predicament, Craig. I mean, they're yeah. kicking from the boundary snaps. That, that's undisciplined. <clears throat> Should have been closer in from and Corey Enright, the coach, saying, I don't want to see any of that. The third quarter for us should have been payback for the second quarter. That's what it should have been. We weren't yeah. on, onto it. We weren't up to it. And maybe it shows where we're at. I don't know. But there's a lot of things I, I get and not right at Geelong. Maybe it's the full side in there. But I, I got I like to get the gist of the coach, mate, because then it gives me confidence in that they can implement a plan or the opposition. And and it's really hard to, 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 to work him out. Work well, them me, out because they're both together. Let me close let me close with you because I'm gonna go to Harper here in just a second. But I'll, all I want all I want to say about the Cats game is that I have not seen that many behinds since my ship when I was in the Navy made a port call in Subic Bay in the Philippines. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, fair yeah, enough. So. And I just, I, just hope, I just hope respect for him that the good night goes our way for Frank Costa being a, yeah. and his brother. They still – the brother pours a lot of money in. For all – it goes our way, but it can go the other way too where signs right, get right. too sentimental, too, too involved in the game and it just you get a poor result. 
it, it, look, I think it'll be a fairy tale to beat it, but I, I dislike an honest performance from the players. And as mm-hmm. I put on back at Geelong Mayhem, I've asked people's thoughts, what do they think about Friday night? And and this to get, and I've said about the Costa thing, I just want them to say, not just what comes, oh, we'll do it for Frank. I want them to get out of them what they think. And and, and um, I hope, hopefully, look, well, we can only pray we, we do something. Um, that's that's what the sport's about. But I haven't got a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I'd say that, and, and my, my passion for Geelong is like, out of the moon. So I, I, right, I'm not right. talking to the group. We don't know what is told to the group. We don't know the game plan. We don't know what this – I'd love to be a flying wall. Anyway, I'll leave it there. I've said enough, and cool. I'll, I'll leave you be. Right. Thanks for popping on there. I'm going to go ahead and get uh, Harper on here then. Have a great week, okay? Well, hopefully we get a good result, but we'll see how we yeah. go, eh? Yepper. You bet. All right, mate. I'll, 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 I'll let you go. And thanks very much. Already. You bet. Thanks. Okay. Harper, let's see if we can get you on here, sir. I think I already sent you the invite there. So if you want, there it is. Hey, mate. How are you? Three, two, one. And he is here. Hello there, sir. How are you, Craig? I'm great. How about yourself, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad you, at all. You, not too bad at all. You, you, <laughs> you sound like you're sitting on the couch. On the couch. Whoop, getting a little feedback there. Oh, sorry, what'd you Is say? It, I was going to say, you sound like you're sitting on the couch right next to me. You sound like you're right, right in the same room with me here. Oh, perfect. Love that. Good yeah, audio. Great mic then. So... Good week this week. And, and first of all, if uh, those of you who are listening, uh, this is Harper uh, Pessinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast. And they just celebrated their one-year anniversary, correct? Yep, yep, that's it. Uh, yesterday yeah. was actually the first uh, yeah. year anniversary from uh, when we released our first episode. So, yeah, yeah it's 466 days today. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't checked out their show, I strongly encourage. Well, I've done it plenty of times already, but I strongly encourage you to check theirs out. I mean, these these guys, I think, are the are the the, the next generation. He and Locke are the next generation of 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 footy journalists, if you will, interviewers, that type of thing. And they've had some fantastic guests on. Uh, I uh, uh, I had I really enjoyed the interview you did the other day. I left you a comment about that, and I just I thought that it was uh, with Liam Pickering. I thought. Well, you you were not giving him any slack during that interview. You were just you kept kind of tossing it back at him during during the episode, and I thought it'd be good that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, that that was a really fun one. That one actually, and uh, I really appreciate those words. Very kind of you, Craig. But uh, yeah, Liam Pickering, uh, ex Cats player, of course. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, is Chris, was Chris the name of your last caller? I, I forgot. Um, is it Chris? Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris Hickey. Yeah, his uh, yeah. his cousin is Reg Hickey, who who played yeah, with the yeah, uh, yeah. with Cats year, you know a long time ago. So yeah, he's related to uh, is it Mel? He's related to Mel Hickey somewhere down the line too. Yeah, Mel Hickey's a current Cats AFLW player, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I, um, I think she's a former. I think he's a former Cats, but I don't think he's with the Cats anymore. Oh, she's not. Is she? Yeah. She, okay. I, I think she, I think he's not anymore. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. But yeah, Liam Pickering, he was like a 
extremely uh, friendly guy and uh, obviously he does lots of radio work. So it was very good. He, know, he knows what he's doing when being a podcast guest. Uh, you'd, um, I reckon he'd be a good guest for your show as well if you want to hit him up. He's very friendly with the responses. I will definitely ch- check that out. I, I, I have, oh, geez, I think I have six or seven interviews lined up. Uh, I've nailed down the dates for a couple of them. Uh, but it's a couple of them I, 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 I mentioned to you, and I don't want to say who they are here at this point in time because I, I want to confirm them first. But I think that there are going to be a couple that uh, – one in particular that I have not heard on anybody else's podcast, and I'm really looking forward to talking to this person. And, I, and they've been in the news quite a bit lately. If somebody I, I've mentioned this to you, but like I said, I don't want to go public with this yet but because uh, I don't have a date set yet for this. But I cannot wait to hear their story. Yeah, that's fair enough. And yeah. I can't, yeah. can't wait for, to listen to the episode with this person because uh, I reckon it'll be yeah. a really interesting story. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, it's going to be really good. So guys, if you're listening to this, make sure you're <laughs> kind of tuning into every interview there is with Craig because they're bookmark, all good. Be a this book, one bookmark it. Be very yeah. So are you, uh, you feeling confident about the uh, Bombers this week? Uh, I'm not feeling overly confident. Uh, I, I haven't really thought too much about it, to be honest. But I was um, – lots of people were very, very happy with the Bombers on uh, – what was it, Sunday? But um, mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. I thought we had a pretty poor game uh, because our first quarter and a half was um, pretty good. But then after that, we didn't really show too much at all, to be honest. Um it was, and it's always bad losing to Carlton, the old, the old rival. Uh, so that wasn't good. And, but yeah, it's, um, I get how our young players are kind of playing well. Everyone loves that, but uh, I, I'm just not as happy with the performance as everyone else was. I was kind of surprised yeah. that so many yeah. people were so excited by it. I mean, there were some good things that happened. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. But you know it's you know it's uh you know Kale Hook you know Kale Hooker having five goals and you know you had uh, oh, you know yeah. Devin Smith had ten you know ten tackles I mean they yeah mm. you know Zach Merritt had a great game again as well I mean it's just but it's it's just getting the you know getting over the hump and getting that win I mean it you know their 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 yeah. percentage if I'm not mistaken is not awful for for a club that's only got two wins I mean they're they're two and five and yeah. their percentage is ninety five point two. Yeah, I was I mean, just that. Those, those things, those things just don't quite work out together. Yeah. yeah, lots of close losses and lots of big wins. I think is the um, yeah the key to that. But Kyle, you mentioned Kyle Hooker. He is uh, one of the um, most underrated players in the competition. I have to say, because he's third in the Coleman, and commentators still treat him like a bit of a novelty because. They're like, oh, he's playing forward. He's usually a defender. Look at this guy. Um, but he, he's kicked twenty-one goals for the season, I think. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at his numbers right here. Uh, you know, round six, he got. You know, you guys won the game, but he didn't. You know, he got shut out. He had a couple of behinds, but he's had you know three, two, six, three, two. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong column. One, three, five, three, four, and then five. I mean, he's had three games where he's had over four goals. 
Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It's, it, really, yeah, um, yeah. And he he's been playing f- as a forward for maybe three three or four years on and off a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But he reads the ball so well, and his hands are so good. You never see him dropping a mark, and uh, he sometimes his kick for goal isn't always perfect, but. Uh, you can always depend on him to get a couple of goals a game. It was quite weird not kicking any goals on Anzac Day, but yeah, great player, Cal Hooker. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I, I, I'm going to say this in my, uh, my tips for this week, which you know I might as well not bother with my tips this week. As bad as last week was, uh, I think I got two games right last week. Oh wow! I mean, last week, last week was yeah, terrible. Last week, you know, it was it was just Wait, downright was awful. That was good. But you know, I think that uh, you know, I, I still think that you know that you know Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody is it, to me. He still is must see TV. You know, he's you know he's a lot like you know Eddie Betts. Get the ball in his hand, something crazy is going to happen. Mm. You know, it, and he and he doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, he's not he's not out there leading the club in disposals or anything of that nature. But when he's got the ball yeah, in his hand, he's he is a uh, he's going to do something very creative with it, which is yeah, uh, you know, like I said, worth yeah. the price of admission. And when he kicks one goal, he often goes in little spurts, so uh-huh. he might kick like three or four goals within ten minutes or something. It's very exciting to watch. But just uh, another thing I want to say on the Bombers, uh, I'm not like Andy McGrath. He is. I've had him as a guest on the podcast. He is a great guy, and he, when he's at his best, he is one of our best players, um, probably close to all-Australian uh, kind of potential if he gets to his best again. But uh, I've got to say, he was named as AFL.com and The Age. They named him as the best player for Essendon uh, on Sunday against Carlton. But I thought he was – pretty horrible and he won't be happy with his game at all i think he'll uh probably agree with me saying this he wouldn't be happy with his game at all at last few weeks uh he just hasn't seemed himself he uh, against carlton he had 50 percent disposal efficiency his kicks were going absolutely everywhere and uh cal toomey from afl.com that you named as named him as essendon essendon's best player and so did whoever was writing the ages match report which i just did not understand at all because uh, he's looked far from his best this season. I don't know if we accidentally put something in his water when he came over to the studio <laughs> to be on, the podcast, on our podcast, but this season is just – it's been really weird. He just hasn't looked himself. Well, I was just looking, you know, Tippin Woody is uh, – he's 10th in, le- in the league in goals scored also, goals kicked. Mm, so you you got yeah. – you've got, you've got what, you say number – Hooker's what, number three? I, I think, think he said, he's number three. yeah, he's, yeah. he's number three yeah. and, and McDonald tip and Woody's number 10. I mean, you've got two yeah. of the top 10 in one club. I mean, that's, and they've, and they've only won two games. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. what that, you know what that tells, you know what that tells me that the, that the other What's guys that? playing forward need to step up and kick the damn ball is what that tells me. They need yeah. to start. Yeah. They, they need to start, uh, Putting the ball, th- putting the ball through the sticks on their own instead of relying on these two guys here to to, to do all of the heavy lifting for them. Yeah, I'm just having a look. Jake Stringer is 27th. He's kicked 12 goals. Uh, of course, we've got 
Harrison Jones as well, who's another tall forward for us. He's played every game, but uh, it's been he debuted in round one. He's only kicked six goals for the year. Kicked three on um, Sunday actually. He he had a good game. Devin Smith kicked six. He's not even really a forward. Will Snarks kicked six, and yeah, it's it kind of um, fades out after the top two for us. Well, here's the here's the uh, this is the amazing thing right here. And, and I don't even know if you're aware of this, but I'm just looking at the stats right here. Right now, the uh, excuse me. Uh, right now, the Bombers are fourth in points per game. Wow, I didn't know that. I knew we'd be pretty hot. And they fourth. And they've won wow. two games. Yeah. Which uh, now they're they're ranked. They're they have they're ranked uh, fifth in handballs per game, first in tackles per game. Um, but then they're 13th in kicks per game, 15th in marks, 13th in hitouts, um, 16th in least opponent, 16th in least opponents points per game. So they're they're giving up a lot of points. Yeah, I heard somebody say that are, before. Um, but I'm having a look. We lots of people talk about Port Adelaide's amazing forward line. We've scored 21 more points than them this season. Well, which is quite nice. But the the defense is kind of the other side of that. That's probably the reason why we haven't won as many games as we would have liked. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that is that's amazing. It's it's very much it's it's a hit or miss kind of thing here that uh well you know what that you know what that actually means and I don't, and I don't do any gambling but I know that in American football one of the things that they do is that they you know you have bets where you have like the point spread in terms of who's going to win by X amount of points. But then they also have bets that you can place where you're taking what's called the over or the under mm. in terms of, you know, if they say that um, they believe that the combined score is going to be 180 points in a game. in let's say the AFL that, you know, the team might win 95 to 85. Okay. And yeah. well, if you think they're good, you know, you might bet and say, no, they're going to combine score less than that. I think if, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, wagering on an Essendon game, you would take the over in every game because they're going to score a lot of points, but then they're going to turn around and give them all right back. Yeah, so. yeah. exactly. <laughs> so it's that's... always very, very flowing. pretty exciting to watch, I'd say, for a neutral uh, with Essendon. But uh, it's, I've got to say, it's kind of gets a bit frustrating when we concede <laughs> bunch of five goals in five minutes bloody every second quarter. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, it gets quite frustrating, but it's always good when we get on a bit of a run and kick a few goals in a row. Uh, I just see Chris here is asking, who's our best player? Um, I reckon, mentioned Kyle Hooker, he'd have to be close to our best and fairest, uh, leading our best and fairest at the moment. And, of course, Jordan Ridley, uh, he won our best and fairest last year. He's a great, great player. Um, Andy McGrath, when he's on, great player as well. But uh, as I said, he's probably not at his best at all this season. Um, I think we're missing well, Sam Draper a lot, our Ruckman. Uh, he, and he's I'm, a very good player, but he hasn't played since round two. So, and yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at your list. You've only got, uh, if I counted correctly, you've only got nine or ten players that are over a hundred games played. I mean, so it's a very yeah. young team. Yeah, I think it's a every, it's a very young squad. I mean, and, and there's only one that's over two hundred. You know, Zaharakis is the only one that's over two hundred. And he doesn't even get a game. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think 
every week we're either the least experienced team or the second least experienced team. I hear actually, commentators say. Actually, actually Kale Hooker's um, got Kale Hooker's at two hundred eight. He's at two hundred eight games. Oh, two hundred eight games. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I didn't mention Darcy Parish. Uh, he had his hundredth game this week, and mm-hmm. uh, he. Well, you talked. To, you talked uh, about him last that, week. Yeah, I did on Anzac Day especially. He was amazing. He'd have to be close to leading our best and fairest at the moment this year as well. But other than that, we haven't had a midfielder really that's done too well for us this year, I reckon. Darcy Parrish had that one amazing game. But other than that, Guess I think it's kind of... Uh, yeah, not, I, I probably wouldn't really say many of our midfielders are close to our best place. Stringer, uh, Chris is mentioning there, he's uh, a bit of a kind of patchy player as well, I think. He, when he's on, he's really good, but uh, when he doesn't do anything, he's can be really, really quiet for a whole game. So, uh, yeah, he's only kicked 12 goals all season. Uh, he'd probably be expecting higher output. Um, but we put him in the midfield sometimes as well uh, at centre bounces to get that centre clearance. He's, he's, Jake Stringer is really, really good at... Getting he's really strong, there. Amazing yeah. at holding people off and getting a disposal out no matter what, no matter if there are three, four players tackling him. He always gets that kick out. It's amazing. So let me ask you a quick question about Darcy Parrish. Yeah. Does, do you know if he likes to fish? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> okay. I, I only asked that because he played with the Geelong Falcons and he's out of contract at the end of this year. Yeah, so, um, you know, it seems like anybody, anybody that has a Geelong uh, you know, connection – and likes to fish might find themselves heading to July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Suppose- I, I know he's down. He's a farm uh, boy growing up. I'm not sure what area, but uh, yeah, he grew up on a farm out in country Victoria. And okay. uh, lots of people, lots of Western fans, are very nervous that Darcy Parish is going to leave to go to Geelong. Uh, I oh, I was only kidding. I had no idea. Oh, I was, sorry, sorry. I was like, only, yeah. I was only kind of making a joke because that supposedly is what happened with Jeremy Cameron. That Patty Dangerfield convinced him to say, you know, by saying, "Hey, the fishing is great down here." Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because lots of Western fans there are a lot is lots of Western chat and Western forums, and uh, just kind of general conversation with Western fans that Darcy Parish is going to leave to Geelong. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed he doesn't because. He could be an absolute star if he uh, kind of fires some consistency. He's still young, which is good yeah for us. Well, I you know, and I wonder, I wonder, how, you know, how many more years does Joel Selwood play? Mm. You know, is yeah, this the uh, is this is this the last year that he's captain? Is is Cam Guthrie or Tom Stewart the captain next year? Yeah, he's been yeah. A captain for a long. Yeah. Long time, he yeah. Was captain from a young age, ten years, I reckon at least. Captain, I reckon he was captain in twenty eleven. I reckon so. This has been his eleventh season at least. Um, he's thirty two, Joel Sawood. So, but he's still performing, isn't he? I don't watch yeah, the, games. No, he oh he absolutely years. is. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the, the you know the scar tissue under or above his eye is only seventeen, so that's not that old. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's about your age. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah as, but, um, as Chris just said, he's been the captain longer than Reg Hickey was. Yeah. Um, um, so, 
what are your thoughts about the, the captain's challenge thing that I'd mentioned before? Do you think that's a, is that something you think it even could even work? Oh, well, I think oh, it's really hard to tell until it kind of happens because we don't, uh, I haven't really seen a captain's challenge type thing in any sport that's remotely close to AFL, like cricket uh, is, uh, and tennis are the two sports, but they they have lots of gaps, you know, lots of breaks. It's not go, go, go like AFL. Right. Is. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So, uh, so I actually missed you talking about this. Sorry, because I had to. Leave oh, okay. Okay. Because I was saying, so. you know, that the, you know that with the NFL, you know, with with you know football in America, you know, when they, when they go and adjudicate a play and they decide did that person get far enough up the field to get a first down, well, they can go and look at it and measure it and say, yes, they did first down, and the eleven players on one team goes to one side, the eleven on the other side go to the other side, and they run another play. But in footy, you've got 36 people running around the grounds. How do you get them all back to where they were? I mean, do you have, yeah. are all, all the umpires yelling, stand, stand to all 36 players to just stand still while this is going on? I mean, how's yeah, that going to work? I'm really thinking about it now. I really couldn't see it working because uh, it's, I know uh, video assistant referees um, in VAR in soccer. Uh, is very, very controversial. Not many people like it because mm-hmm. it kind of takes the takes the fun out of it a bit. Um, because when you score a goal, you don't know if it's actually a goal. It has to go through this whole process. And then once it's confirmed as a goal, the kind of amazing moment of scoring a goal is taken away a bit. It's um, gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's that passion, the uh, kind of... Uh, the reaction, the instant reaction you get uh, of elation after you kick a goal or score a goal in soccer is taken away because of the challenge a bit. And, uh, yeah, I just don't really see how the positives would outweigh the negatives. I think if the AFL are looking at bringing it in, which I probably don't think they are, um, they they should look at VAR in soccer and see how that's kind of – it's driven people away from the game in many cases. Yeah. I, I don't know a single person that is an advocate for it. everyone is saying to Bennett. Well, again, this was this was simply Lee Montagna discussing it during, you know, having a conversation about it. So I, uh, you know, I don't think there's this is not, I believe, you know, because the, the league did come out a couple of days later and say that, yeah, they got the call wrong in Sydney that the that that kick actually traveled over 20 meters, hmm. that it had went, it basically went across the entire um, set of uh, you know behind posts and goal posts from one yeah. side to the other, and it was well beyond. You know, and again, I'm not. This is not the 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 cat supporter saying, "Oh, woe is me, we got screwed." I'm not saying that, but uh, you know, and and I find it really interesting today. And I don't know this gentleman, but the the guy who is the the umpire coach for the league resigned today. I just thought that was an interesting timing. I, I don't think it has anything to do with with what went on in Sydney, but I guess he was yeah. talking about how his job had become really stressful, and he and he he resigned his position effective immediately. Yeah, um, I remember chatting to umpire Brett Rosebury. He's probably the most experienced umpire in the game now. He's umpired over four hundred games, like eight grand finals or something incredible. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Uh, I kind of regret it now because. 
it was early on I didn't really get to speak too much about the kind of umpire welfare kind of thing because it, it would be so stressful being an umpire like you've got your day job yeah um and then you go to umpire training at night and have these games on the weekend and then uh almost every week well, probably you can guarantee it you can put your money on it, that you are going to cop some awful abuse being an umpire no matter what from either team there's always going to be a decision that doesn't go a certain way and yeah i just think uh people have got to kind of put themselves in the umpire's shoes and think about uh how awful it'd be being on the end of all the abuse that they get well and at the, and at the younger level you know and I, I don't know how it is like with the oscar games and that sort of thing but you know, you see here in the States and, and maybe it's just a United States thing here, you know, when it comes to, you know, like P, what they call peewee football, like the younger football or baseball, you see parents just getting irate with umpires to the point now where umpires are basically saying the hell with it. I'm not going to do this anymore. So they have a hard time finding qualified people to go and do this job, which is not paying much. And you're catching, you know, a a ton of abuse as though that 12-year-old playing in that baseball game, that pitch that did not get called a strike is going to prevent him from getting a million-dollar contract to play professional baseball. Yeah. What what a what a load of crap that is. Just yes. You know, and again, I'm I'm also I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the the idea of of you know here in the community where I live the. Uh, the, the local park will have uh, will have a soccer league there, but for the young kids, they just go out and play. They don't keep score of the game, so there are no winners and losers, and everybody gets a trophy at the end of the season. Which I, I to me, I'm not a big fan of that because while the, while the parents are all saying, "Oh, the score doesn't matter," that's not you know, every kid that's out there playing knows what the score is. They know yeah. that the, the other team has scored ten goals. And the Hulk could come and pick up the pick up the field and tip it to one end and get the ball to roll into their goal for them, and it would still miss. But they're going to get a trophy just like the other team. The kid, the kids realize that sort of thing. So to me, I think that in many ways we do we do a, a disservice to kids by saying, "Well, everybody's a winner." Because life is not like that at all. Life yeah. is not um, there. There are winners and losers in life. As as politically correct as people want to be. People are going to win. People are going to lose. It's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. and, and I know, and it's not, I'm not trying to you know, come off being heartless or anything of that nature, but it's just, yeah, you know, the umpires in this kind of situation, you know, they, they get, they get abused to the point where they just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we, we struggle, we struggle finding soccer umpires or soccer officials around here anymore because they catch so much grief from the parents. I think it's kind of to go more broad on it. It's, just kind of a, at least in Western culture, just a kind of societal issue, like treating people that we consider kind of beneath us that are really helping us out uh, and just treating them horribly, like taxi drivers or Uber drivers or people in the service uh, kind of field uh, or hospitality. And uh, I think like, you're exactly right. Yeah, just a real issue. And I don't think there's an easy way to fix it and there's like a – this kind of sure there is. One sure there is. Can just just what is just it? be de- just be decent to people. Oh yeah, be decent. Be, yeah, like is everyone actually going to be decent? Can you just say be decent and then 
it's fixed like that. I don't think people are going to. No, do you, that. of so, course you can't. But I mean, it's it's worth a try. Yeah, if, of course it's worth a try, and I, I think, yeah, there kind of has to be a message rammed home about umpires and Uber drivers and waiters and everything that uh, needs to be rammed home by, I guess, the government or kind of governing bodies, uh, just giving respect. Uh, and, yeah, because so many umpires would just be sick of it. So many umpires have left the game because of it. And, yeah, who, who would want to be an umpire, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. do the benefits yeah. outweigh the negatives? I don't think they do, really. Uh, it's not a full-time job. Uh, you don't get paid a full-time salary. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just don't think uh, the pluses um, outweigh the negatives. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, well, first of all, I would last about 30 seconds out there as an umpire. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing that would bounce on the field would be me. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but... <laughs> Um, I think being being an umpire, it's. Uh, I think it, if if you get rid of the abuse, I think it would be a really rewarding kind of experience. Uh, I actually uh, started training to become a, a futsal, like an indoor soccer referee, yesterday. Okay. Uh, oh, cool. I'm going to start doing some like junior games and stuff as a little side job uh, weekend, uh, and it's. When you've got kind of everyone's just there for the fun of it, it's not this super rough and competitive environment. It's actually quite enjoyable, quite fun. Uh, yeah. And the place I'm doing, it's quite a good atmosphere there. And I think if you kind of get rid of the abusive side of it, it's a really rewarding job and experience. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh... – I don't think I would want to be an umpire. I mean, I coached for a lot of years, uh, but I, I don't think I would want to get into umpiring as well. I just, I just think that that would be, I, I've, I've been teaching for a long time. I've taken enough uh, grief from, from different people over the years, not so much anymore, but uh, yeah, it used to happen quite frequently where people would give me grief about things. And I just, it's uh I get enough of that at, you know, at work and, uh, and I just don't, I don't want to do it outside of that then. So, yeah. Um, so Chris is saying, tell us about your coaching, Craig. So what were you coaching? Oh, I, well, I was a, first of all, I, I coached, uh, I coached baseball for a uh, number of years and my team was terrible. Um, we didn't have a lot of, you know, we didn't have a lot of players at the school where I was coaching. So the upper level team was pretty good, but then I had, you know, I had, you know, great kids, but I, I just did not have a lot of them and they were not necessarily the most talented players. I think in the four years that we were four years that I coached, I think we won maybe nine games out of 50. Oh, we were bad. We were bad. Uh, but then. <laughs> But th then I, you know, I, I was an assistant coach at our school for our football team. And uh, we actually, uh, and like I said, I was just one of the assistants. I was not in the decision-making process. Um, you know, our, our team won a state championship back in 1999 at that point in time. So that was a, that was a lot of fun, you know, being the best team in the state that year. 
And those, it's hard to believe those, those kids that won that state championship are all turning 40 years old this year. Cause I've started to see some of them pop up on Facebook that they're, that they're turning 40. And I told them, I said, that's one of the things that the teachers hate to see when their former students say that they're turning 30 or 35 or 40. Cause that means that the teacher's getting old as well. You know, cause I, I, I started teaching a little bit later than some, than a lot of other teachers do. So I was already older. So yeah, I've got, yeah, my, my oldest students are in their mid forties by now. So wow, maybe yeah. even late forties. So it's, uh, I'm starting to feel pretty old as far as that goes. Yeah. But, but kind of sticking with that, uh, teaching role for so many years is, uh, really cool. Uh, like kind of, uh, staying through and, uh, teaching all these different generations of people, uh, obviously like kids have changed so much from probably when you started teaching to how they are now. Um, uh, it would be pretty interesting to see, I reckon, from your perspective. Hey, yeah, it's oh, it has, and it's uh, you know, I it has been interesting because you know every every kid has you know phone, and it's it's hard to compete with those sometimes. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a little frustrating from time to time, but you know, I kids are. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Um, but I, I just want to chip in with a bit of I don't know how breaking. I, I'm not, you might have mentioned. I try to teach, actually. you know, treat my kids with as much, you know, respect as I possibly can. I mean, I actually, I actually refer to my my students as like you know Mr. Smith or Ms. Jones and that type of thing. You know, I don't I don't I don't even call them by their first name. I just because I, I well one. I've been teaching so long and I'm, I'm terrible with names anymore that it's one less name I have to remember. So if I just call them, you know, Mr. Johnson or Miss Jones, and I, I, I don't have to remember the first name. I can go look up the last name and go, okay, that's who that is. And maybe I will remember, but, you know, cause I joke with them. I tell them, you know, cause I have kids who are in the 11th grade and they come back for one more year. And I tell them, I said, I'm just, I'm going to see you in the hallway next year and I'll know where you sat. I'll know what your grades were. I'll remember what assignment you forgot to turn in. But I'll be darned if I'll be, I'll be able to remember your name. I just I said I'm just gonna tell you that right now. But then the kids I had in class 25 years ago, I remember their names. I, and I don't know if this is you know you know the onset of dementia. I don't think it is. It's just it's just like a short term memory thing here where I just have a I've got so many names in my head right now I can't keep track of them. Yeah, yeah, Chris, you talked about it being patience. You know, you have to have patience with it, but it's you know it's uh. I think you also have to be uh, you have to be willing to you know I I think I've got a pretty good sense of humor so I uh, I try to keep the kids laughing, uh, but you know I'm 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 not a big fan of you know, the 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 earbuds the 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 what do they call the Apple what are the, the AirPods the, the AirPods I mean those types of things I just I'd like to I'd like to run those through a wood chipper because it's just you know when I can't you know when they because I can't see if kids got long hair, I can't tell if they're listening to me or not because I can't see them. You know, now that they're cordless, I can't tell who's listening to what anymore. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, like I said, I, I still enjoy my job. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got about seven years till I retire. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, for anybody who 
works in my school district or is a student there or whatever that's listening, I like my job. Okay. I'm not, I'm not somebody who dislikes my job. I enjoy going to work. I get, I get to work. Usually I'm at work almost two hours before the school day starts. I mean, I'm there, I'm there usually an hour and a half every day before I have to be there. Cause I'm usually in my classroom by six o'clock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I get a lot done in the morning. There. Often as well, showing kids the footy. I've heard yeah, about that. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, that's, that's one of my other goals is that I've decided that, yeah. And I have this, this desk in my classroom. This, this desk is probably 70 years old and it is, it's about four feet off the ground. It's, it's a drafting table is what it is. And it's a big wooden Hulk. And I decided that what I want to do is I want to cover it with footy stickers. So I have yeah. So those of you who are listening, oh. if you ha- if you happen to have a uh, a sticker of your club and you want to drop it in the mail to me, okay. If you if you got a sticker from your club and you want to drop it in the mail, I'll just go ahead and throw my address out there right now. It's one one two four McKinley Street, M C K I N L E Y, in Sandusky, Ohio, S A N D U S K Y. And the zip code is four four eight seven zero. So if you've got a sticker for your club, or you know if, you're, if it's a local club or anything of that nature, and you want to drop it in there, I want to cover. I want to cover the whole desk with footy stickers, and just you know, just to basically say, guys, this is what I love, and I'm gonna, you know, yeah, because my my room already has quotation like four hundred and fifty different quotations hanging up around the room. So it's, you know, it's, it has a lot of distractions in the room already. So, um, well, you know, I don't even, you know, Chris, I don't even care if it's, you know, other clubs. Cause I, you know, I don't want them to be, you know, just Geelong ones. I mean, I'd love to have, you know, stickers, you know, of you know, local clubs or you know, the Tigers or the Lions or whatever, you know, an old Footscray one that somebody has laying around that they don't, you know, that they don't need that sort of thing. You know what, Chris, I actually have a Chris Scott one that I bought off of Redbubble after he had that little conflict with Brisbane where he had that look like what me, somebody turned that into a sticker and I bought one of those. And as soon as I get my car back, that's going on the back of my car. So still don't have my car back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I might send some Essendon ones over. Might have like some Coburg cool. ones over. If, you, if you've got, if you've got uh, any, I would love to have them. Yeah. So go back, rewind and check out that address I just shared with you there. Okay. Um, yeah. Don't come and, don't come um, by and knock on the front door though, because I'm probably gonna be in the back working on the podcast or taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um I'll, I'll just chip in here with uh kind of getting back to the footy vibe. Uh I'll get uh just chip in with a little bit of kind of breaking news announced forty minutes ago. Uh so for all your Victorian listeners that are members of their footy clubs, uh this will be very good news. Uh all Victorian members will get their reserved seats back uh, at the MCG and Marvel Stadium from round nine and GMHBA Stadium from round 10. So uh, that's very positive news. Don't have Fantastic. to kind of book aside from that uh, now, which is very good. And AFL uh, club membership tops 1 million as well, which is positive for wow. us. Wow. That's gr- yeah, that's 1 good. in 26. Uh, of the Australian population uh, is an AFL member. Well, let's be honest. There's a handful of us that are Americans that are uh, 
that are that are taking some, that are skewing yeah. that number a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a few of yeah. us anyway. Uh, of course. Um, the all-time record it says uh, one million fifty-seven thousand five hundred seventy-two in twenty nineteen. So yeah, um, we might top that as we get further into the season. But cool. Yeah, well, yeah we'll I've see got. How uh, it goes. I have one friend who is an Essendon supporter who is. Uh, I keep telling him to get the Watch AFL app through and get his international membership because he'll get some Essendon swag. You know, he'll get some stuff from the club as well. Yeah, you know, so hopefully he'll hopefully he'll take care of that and he'll do that then. So yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, uh, I'll, have I'll you got what, anything else to talk about? No, I'm I'm going to jump into my tips here because we're we're uh, I'm going to jump into my tips here in a second because we're 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 pushing on to uh, an hour and a half right now. So, um, mm. I'm going to be getting to bed here shortly. Oh. I'm going to get this published tonight yet. So I'll let you go. Well, uh, well so, you know, you you can stay on and tell me if I'm wrong if you want to, as I go through my tips here. Okay. You can, oh, you know, you can tell me oh, if I'm wrong because oh, one of one of them you're probably going to tell me I'm wrong. So, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, one right. of them you're going to tell me. I'll chip in. Okay, me. so anyone really cares? Um, yeah. First game of the week is Richmond and Geelong, and you know Richmond's getting Dusty back. Uh, after his trek to New Zealand, uh, it's too bad customs didn't shut him down there and say, "Hey, sorry, you can't come back." You know, we've uh, we've got you know people with a short haircut outbreak, and you have to stay in the country. Um, but they're going to be missing Trent Koch and uh, Dylan Grimes is going to be out again, and possibly Nick Vlaston is going to be out this week as well. Um, you know, the Cats they can't kick six me sixteen behinds again, can they? You know, I I don't know. You know, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to play their hearts out this week. Uh, you know, in tribute to, to, to Frank Costa. Again, it shouldn't take the passing of some of a great individual to get your team to play well, but that may be in the back of their mind. I don't know. You know, I, you know, the Tigers, they stabilize their season against the Bulldogs, but I, I just have a hunch this week. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I they're going to be without their captain. I, you know, every time I pick against the cats, they win. And every time I pick against the Tigers, they win. So I'm kind of in a bit of a, a conundrum here. So I'm going to go with my team here. I've got the Cats winning this one by nine. Okay. Uh, GWS and Essendon. You know, the Giants have won three out of their last four. And, they, you know, the, the two most recent losses, you know, to the D's and the Bulldogs. So they played some quality competition. You know, Toby Green's having a great year. You know, averaging almost three goals three each week. Um, you know, Tim Toronto's up there in the top ten of disposals. You know, they've still got a half, you know, possibly a half dozen of their top 22 players out. And they've still got themselves all the way back up to 11th on the ladder. And the Bombers, you know, their their percentage is only two and a half, you know, points behind GWSs. But again, they, as we talked about, they've only won a couple of games this year, but they're they're still fourth in scoring. I think this is going to be an extraordinarily, extraordinarily close game. And I went with GWS only because they're playing at home. Okay, so I've got GWS winning this one by a goal. Just because they happen to be playing in in uh, Sydney, that's the one you might disagree with. Um, oh, I'll probably agree with you there. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to GWS. To be honest, yeah. uh, I haven't got too much faith in this, and I think GWS are on a pretty good run of form, and uh, that will do pretty well. Now, you moving on to Metricon, you've got Gold Coast hosting St Kilda, and, and the Suns are back home. They've won two in a row. 
uh, you know, including, you know, knocking off the number four ranked Swans. And they beat the Magpies last week on the big stage of the MCG. And, you know, Ben King is becoming, you know, a really, really good key forward right before our very eyes. You know, you got, you know, Hugh Greenwood is the leading tackler in the competition. Um, Tuke Miller is number two in the competition in tackles. Yeah, so you got, you got, you know, guys that are putting their opponents on the ground. And quite frankly, you know what? This is going to sound strange saying this. But maybe that 70 to nine halftime against the Bulldogs was the best thing that could have happened to the Suns. Because, like I like I'd said in a previous episode, I guarantee you that what Stewart Dew said at halftime of that game, had they been recording things for making their mark this year, they would not have been able to put on Amazon. Because I, I can only imagine what he said at halftime of that game. And they came out and played a decent second half of that game, and they've come out and won two in a row after that. So, you know, I, I th- you know, St. Kilda has the ability to play with anybody. They can put a ton of points on the board. Okay, um, yeah, but their their percentage is still low. But I've got Gold Coast winning this one by ten. And heading off to Marvel Stadium, we've got North Melbourne hosting Collingwood. And, you know, the Ruse, I think every D supporter would admit that the Ruse gave them fits last week. Yeah, it was a 30-point win. It was a five-goal victory. But North played hard. And, I, you know, I think that that club is, is getting, um, is improving with even a lot of their veterans out injured this week. Or so far, not even this week. You know, the Magpies are sitting 17th on the ladder. They're one and six. There's a lot of dysfunction in that club, you know. Is Dayton Buckley going to be back next year? You know, I don't know enough of the inner workings of the different clubs to say, oh, yeah, he's going to be back. No, he's not going to be back. I have no idea. Okay. But I'll tell you what, you know, I the, the Pies have begun playing some younger players, uh, partly because of injuries. But, you know, I'm, I just have a hunch here. Okay. So I think that the Roos are going to get their first win of the year this week, and I've got them winning by seven. So that's uh, – Oh, that's, that's, I, my cra- that's my crazy pick of the week. Yeah. I reckon it'll be a pretty close one. Uh, yeah. 50-50 call from there. I'm not sure yeah. if I'll tip the ruse, but it will be um, yeah, it will be close either way. I might end up tipping them. Well, you know, I I, I was uh, I, I kind of choked on my sandwich at lunchtime today when I when I heard Cat Lockton talk about the ruse pies matchup as being a great matchup this weekend. I it's 17 and 18th on the ladder. You know, it's it's still professional, you know, footy, but let's Great's a great's a pretty interesting word to toss around there. Um, moving on to moving on to Melbourne yeah, and Sydney. Go ahead. Oh yeah, it's I guess it's um going to be kind of entertaining to watch because they are close, uh, even though they're not very good. Uh, it's watching two teams that are pretty closely matched, so it'll be entertaining yeah. in yeah. that. Well, aspect, that's true. So. In that regard, okay. yes, it is. Yes. Um, we got Melbourne and Sydney. I think this is the game of the round. You know, I think, you know, I guess Cats and Richmond could be, but I, I'm going to go Melbourne and Sydney on this one. Then, you know, Buddy might be back for the Swans this week. You know, uh, you know, to, to me, Tom Hickey did. If you're somebody who is familiar with the Bible and you studied the Bible, that sort of thing, Tom Hickey did a fantastic imitation of Lazarus last week. Okay. He rose from the dead. Tom Hickey had a PCL injury. He was supposed to be out six, eight weeks. He missed one game. I, I know I posted it 
it, and I think I even said it during my tips last week. I said, after watching what Reese Stanley did to Nick Nat, running him all, well, running all over the ground and leaving Nick Nat kind of standing around wondering where he went, I thought, you know what? Here's a guy coming back off a PCL injury who's not going to have a lot of the lateral movement. Reese Stanley ought to be able to run all over the ground with him. Well, it didn't happen. I, I don't think I saw Reese Stanley do much of anything. And Tom Hickey had 20 disposals and 23 hitouts and uh, 10 clearances. He had a phenomenal game. You know, I, I think he might, you know, it's the kind of inspirational thing that helped to get them past the Cats. I mean, the fact that he got back out there after just, you know, missing one game with that kind of, that kind of an injury was was just was fantastic. And I, and I think this is his first year with the team, but that that shows dedication to his new club right there. And, and that's going to that's going to help them going forward. OK. Now, the D's, of course, they're the darlings of the comp. And, you know, I'll say it yet again. I did not put them in my top eight this year. I was wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, I didn't have – I think I had them finishing like 11th because yeah, there was just so much up and down last year. I thought they're not going to make it this year. You know, they've won every game pretty much comfortably by a minimum of three goals. You know, they, you know and like I said, I'll be the first to admit, I think, you know, the Ruse, you know, gave them fits last week. I think they'll be eight no after this week. I've got them beating Sydney by eleven points. Port Adelaide and Adelaide, the first showdown of twenty twenty one, and Port's the home team. Uh, Brisbane pummeled them last week. There's no other way to put it. Okay, if you, if you remember the score, it was like a seventy point differential. Port Adelaide had more inside fifties than Brisbane did, and still lost by like twelve goals. That's mind boggling that that happened. Uh, you know, the Crows, they started off the season three and one, but they have dropped their last three. You know, a couple of them were, were close games. You know, they had a huge, that huge comeback by Hawthorne where you actually got to see, uh, you actually got to see the coach smile there at the end of the game, um, which you don't see happen too often. Sounds like Rory Sloan's going to be back from his thigh injury. I think this is going to be competitive, but I think, I think Port Adelaide is, is still too strong a club. I've got them winning this one by 13. And we've got what, three more games here. We've got Hawthorne and West Coast. You know the Hawks. Uh, they they're coming off an eleven game or eleven goal loss to the Saints. The Saints just put it to them. Um, yeah, the Eagles. You know they had a great, great win over Frio last week. You know Tim Kelly was Tim Kelly last week at what forty two disposals. You know they've won three out of their last five. They've got themselves back up into the eight. You know this is a club that's been beat up. A lot of injuries. McGovern's still out. Liam Ryan is still out, I believe. Uh, Kennedy had a bum ankle. Uh, as well, I don't even know if he played last week. Quite frankly, uh, I didn't read through the stats all that closely yet. You know, I think if they can get enough of their their top twenty two healthy, you know, in the MCG, I think they take this one by a couple of goals. Okay, and then uh, the Bulldogs and Carlton. Um, the Bulldogs, you know, like I said, they attempted to be vampire hunters, you know, looking to put down the the defending premiers last week. Instead, the Tigers had other ideas, and uh, they. And I'm mixing my metaphors here. They got up off the canvas. Uh, beat the Bulldogs by twenty. So I went from I went from bo- went to boxing from vampires there. So sorry about that. Um, you know the Blues came back. Uh, you know they had a couple three plus goal losses and they they hung one hundred and twenty three points on the board against Essendon, but, but then they also gave up one hundred I think one hundred and seven. I think it was one hundred and six something like that. You know Harry McKay is is number two in the uh, Coleman race right now. He's got twenty six goals already. And you know, if Carlton is playing the way that that they're capable of playing, I think they can beat just about anybody. They've got a lot of talent on that club, but they don't always put it together. I don't think it's going to happen this time either. You know, uh, Tim English will be back. They lost Dunkley for an extended period of time. 
I just think that midfield is just is just really really good. And I've got the uh, Bulldogs winning this one by ten. And the last game is Fremantle and Brisbane, and this one's now at the Gabba because they, uh, you know, with the, with the last team leaving West Australia, please turn off the lights at, at Optus Stadium. Um, so Frio's heading up there. I guess they're going to be in Gold Coast for a while. They're going to they, they play in Brisbane, and then I'm not sure who they play the following week down in Melbourne, but they're going to train in Gold Coast this next week. Uh, you know, Brisbane is is kind of beginning to hit on all cylinders, even without uh, Lockie Neal out there. You know, uh, Lincoln McCarthy just uh, has stepped in and kind of took his place, you know, in the midfield and had a phenomenal game. You know, Charlie Cameron managed to kick four goals, four behinds, only had 13 disposals. Touched the ball 13 times, put points on the board eight times. I mean, that's, that's meaning that if Charlie gets the ball, Charlie's not giving the ball to somebody else for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I think that Brisbane wins this one by 12. So there's my tips for this week. I probably got them all wrong, but uh, they're all there anyway. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to disagree with you because uh, I think you're still top of the ladder uh, in the tipping comp. Uh, wow. So, yeah, I'll make myself oh, I don't, I think I, I don't I think I'm quite that high anymore. I just did my tips for this week on there as well, but I don't think I'm – I think I'm down like third or fourth right now. Third or fourth, I, okay. I think I dropped well, a little bit there, yeah. So, yep. Anyway, you're you're one of the best, so uh, <laughs> I, I won't I won't make myself look silly and disagree with you. But I'll let you go. I'll let you um outro the show. And wrap it, wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming on, Chris. Uh, thanks for coming on and hanging on as well, sir. Uh, Everett, I know you you popped off of there. You hopped in and hopped out. Hope we'll get you on next time. I did send you a link on how to do that. I'll shoot you an email about that as well. But ladies and gentlemen, again, you know, I'm uh, looking at decorating my, my desk at school with uh, footy stickers. So if you happen to have one and you want to drop one in the mail to me, you know, like I said, my address is 1124 McKinley Street in Sandusky, Ohio. And the zip code here is 44870. Uh, please don't send them postage due. I don't have a whole lot of money. So if you, yeah, I, I know it'd be a couple of bucks to send it out. I'm not, if, if it's cost prohibitive, please don't do it. But uh, it would be, uh, you know, if you got one here or there lying around for your club, I would love to display it in my classroom and just be able to just to say, this is the game I love. And these are the people who thought, you know, that it'd be great to have their, their stickers displayed here. Because by the way, when I retire, that desk is coming home with me. Okay, it's not uh, it's not anywhere on our school's inventory. I found it in a storage shed. I've had it in my classroom now for actually I had it in my garage for a number of years, and I took it to school a few years ago. Uh, it's going to come home with me, and it's going to become my desk that I have that I do my podcast from. You know, once I stop teaching, and I may actually do it before then as well. But uh, like I said, if it's uh, if you've got an inkling to want to do that. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Um, so, or if you got any other swag from your club or anything you want to send this way, that'd be fine too. Ah, stickers, stickers are plenty. So folks, I appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, do me a favor. If you would check out the website, uh, yank on Remember if you want to leave a review or a voicemail there, you can do that. Um, you can also get on the mailing list there as well. You can find all of the episodes for the podcast there once they're released. It takes a few minutes once they're released before they get uploaded there 
Uh, it'll go out to the Podbean app right away, and then I put it out on the different social media sites as well. Uh, but I truly appreciate you uh, tuning in. You know, like I said, if you want to help out the podcast, I mentioned it earlier, you know, check out the Redbubble page. Check out the, uh, the Buy Me a Coffee page if you're interested in doing that. You know, no pressure on that. If you, if you do that, that'd be fantastic. If you don't, that's okay, too. I completely understand that. Uh, it's there if you want to help out, if you like what I'm doing. Uh, does take a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of time to put all this stuff together and, and get this stuff up and running and out there to you, but I do appreciate it. Uh, remember, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, uh, if you would, if you liked the episode, if you liked the discussion that was here, please consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. Okay. Put a link out there on your social media. If you like what you're hearing, uh, love to have, you know, have more, more listeners and have more people tuning in. I'm closing in on 15,000 downloads. My goal for 2021 was, uh, to get to 20,000 for the year. And I, at this point in time, I'm well ahead of schedule. So I might, uh, I might have to bump that up a little bit and see if I can maybe get to 25,000 uh, downloads, but I've got some great guests uh, lined up. I just have to nail down uh, some times. I'm doing one interview Friday night at 1130. I'm talking with a, uh, a gentleman who works in radio and is a podcast host in the Adelaide area. Uh, by the name of Bevan Jones, uh, this Friday night, I have a couple of other irons in the fire. I just have not convert, uh, confirmed dates yet. Some great guests. I have uh, just a couple that I'm so excited to uh, to bring to you. I, I cannot wait to hear their stories because I think they're going to be fascinating. And I'm, I'm if you can't tell, and maybe you can't tell with this, um. I'm having a hell of a lot of fun doing this. I had a lot of fun talking to Chris tonight, talking to Harper, and I and I trade a lot of messages with Chris online, and I and I trade uh, I trade a lot of messages, you know, about footy with with Harper online as well, and you know it's uh it's a uh, it's just so much fun engaging with with people who have welcomed me into this this I don't want to say brotherhood, this personhood. We'll be PC there. This personhood award, um, this community of footy fans, whether I'm a supporter of their club or not. Okay. I'm so happy that that you guys do that. Okay. Uh, and I and I can't I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up now. This is Craig Wessels from a Yank on the Footy. We all love our clubs, we love this game. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. May your dribble kick never, ever hit the post. And I'll catch you very soon, folks. Have a great week, and I hope your club does extraordinarily well this week. Goodbye.